0: Welcome to Football Sunday 2016. Players, coaches, owners have worked a lifetime to compete on a stage like this. Each journey's been different, but they've all come to their own personal crossroads more than once. And for them, it all comes down to this. I'm at the site of Super Bowl 50, Levi's Stadium in Santa Clara, California, You're about to hear powerful and inspirational stories from NFL players. You'll get to know them not just as football players, but as regular people that have the same challenges and struggles as the rest of us. So buckle up and hold on, because friends, it all comes down to this. Thomas Davis is a linebacker for the Carolina Panthers, and he's playing in today's Super Bowl. Thomas went through something that just didn't make sense for an elite athlete to go through. It really tested his courage and his faith. I'm excited to share a story with you. This
1: is Thomas Davis. For me, it was all about, God, why is this happening to me? In the off season, you know, I do a lot of work in the community. On an off day, I'm volunteering to help the kids out, encourage them to not be afraid to come in and get these screenings done. I get the screening done to get the kids excited and then the doctor says, oh, you have a condition. Find out that I have an abnormal coronary artery. They say you find this out two ways by doing the procedure that I had done or you find out through an autopsy after you've already passed. My heart dropped, you know, just fell into my stomach and I'm not even thinking about football. I'm thinking about my husband having a heart condition. Come to find out no one has ever come back from open heart surgery to play the game. Let's pray about it. You know, maybe, maybe you won't have to have it. And there's like three doctors they are telling us there's not an option. He's got to have open heart surgery. We prayed about it. You know, ask God if there's a way to prevent me having to have surgery. So we send uh, the test results to Emory. We send it to Cleveland. They came to the conclusion that if something was gonna happen to me and I was gonna pass, it would've already happened to me. You don't just go from one day to them setting up a surgery to two days later to, oh, you don't have to have surgery. I know that there was God. Best season of my NFL career. Halfway through the season, we're playing in New Orleans. Make one simple move, break to the right, and my knee goes out. Drew Brees is taking the Saints down the field. I gotta figure out a way to get back in this game. But at this time, our trainers, they knew that it was ACL. It was one of the worst experiences ever. You know, going from, you know, playing extremely well, being at the highest level and You know, to be humble, just like that in one single play. Go on, have surgery, the knee has recovered well, I'm strong, I'm fast. First day back doing the linebacker drills and feel the same pain in my knee that I felt in New Orleans. And instantly I knew. I rehabbed that second knee injury. Come back two games into the season They're making a drive. I go to make a tackle. One of our linemen doing his job ends up leg whooping me. It's the third ACL. It's torn again. Three ACL tears in three years. I didn't think that I would continue to be able to continue to play. In this game, guys don't get that opportunity. I had to be strong. The only way that I could do that was to talk to God, was to pray to God. And if he needed to cry on my shoulder, then that's what, let him cry, let him get it out. And once he got it out, it was no stopping him. (laughs) It was no stopping him. God strategically set all of that up for me to win the Walter Payton Man of the Year Award, for me to be a light to them, for me to display everything that had gone on in my life for someone else to see. And whether it motivates one person or a thousand people, it's all been worth it. And I wouldn't change a single thing that has happened in my life. God knew that by this happening to me, I could motivate other people to continue to want to fight and want to push through the injuries or whatever they may face in life. Because it's, it's already been written. You just have to follow the process, be willing to stick it out, you have to be obedient, and you have to listen to God.
0: I love that. Here's a story about a man who's at the crossroads of either quitting or moving forward. And maybe that's where you're at today. We all fall, right? Sometimes it's really hard. But what if the world needs you to get back up? And even though you'll have some scar tissue, what if you refuse to stay down?
2: Best memory was uh, two years ago when we went to the Super Bowl in New York. It was almost like a movie, and um, you know to know that I was uh, able to participate in that it was a blessing. It's you know humbling
0: to be a part of, and just you know you, you realize how many people have never even you know gotten close to that, and, and it's just an honor to be there. It's awesome.
1: This year the Super Bowl falls on my birthday, and I'm from um, Louisiana. In the year that the Saints won the Super Bowl was on my birthday, so. I feel like I had that, that good luck. To actually be playing it on my birthday is pretty pretty great. It's been 11 years for me, and uh, this is my first time ever making the Super Bowl, so uh, the motto of hard work pays off. Uh, is really big, and uh, just excited to play in this game. Doing it since I was about five or six, and I've been playing it essentially my whole life. And I love the team capacity of it, the brotherhood, um, the locker room, things like that. I think that's what makes uh, that's what makes this game really fun.
0: More than anything, I'm just excited to be able to do it with this group of guys. We have a great locker room, we have a great group of uh, teammates, a great group of men, and it's just. It's a pleasure to be able to enjoy that ride with, with this group of guys.
1: Everybody dreamed of this moment as a kid and to just be here now and you know even for, for me, you know, I got I was here last year, then I signed with Tennessee and I got released and I came back here, so it's just been a blessing. Yeah. I mean
2: it's everything you dream of, you know, as a kid. So uh, to be able to live up to it and finally get to that stage, you know, you just gotta make sure we capture it because it's nothing if you don't capture it.
0: As an ex-NFL quarterback, I understand and appreciate the journey to the Super Bowl, but all of us appreciate how hard it is to face the uncertainty of a big decision. We just want to be in control. Drew Brees is a future Hall of Fame quarterback that trusted Christ in the midst of the biggest professional decision of his life. This is a story.
3: Sunday school um, you enjoy hearing the, the, the Bible stories and then you go uh, to you know the big the big sermon the big church and you sit there and I'm just you know me and my brother just kind of hitting each other just wondering when it's gonna get over <laughs> <laughs> the second to last game of the season third round of the playoffs um, I was the starting quarterback um, I suffered a torn ACL in my knee it was devastating devastating for me junior high school too this was when you're supposed to get recruited and just all of these things I had to wait to have surgery for a month because they had to let the MCL heal before they repaired the ACL and then I was still on crutches and it was just I'd hit that point I had seen friends have that injury and never come back quite the same so what I thought was just gonna be my life sports I felt like was being stripped away from me and I remember sitting in church on my 17th birthday and sitting in that same pew where my brother and I used to just goof around and never pay attention. And for some reason that day it was different. And I was locked in um, on the pastor as he was sitting there talking about how the Lord was looking for a few good men to carry on his kingdom, to spread his word and to live the life that that he had planned for them. And That spoke to me. And it was at that moment that I accepted Jesus Christ in my heart and knew that there was something that was bigger planned for me than just sports. My fifth season, going into an offseason in which I did not have a contract, I was going to be a free agent, I get hurt the very last game of the 2005 season with the San Diego Chargers. I never dislocated anything in my life, but I knew exactly what happened. And I knew too that besides maybe like a broken neck or something that that is the absolute worst injury that I could ever have asked for, for a quarterback. As I'm walking off the field with my shoulder stuck like this because it was dislocated, I'm sitting there thinking, I'm probably never going to put on a Charger uniform again. And then it hits me that, you know what, I might not ever play football again. A few short months later, uh, my wife and I were taking a visit to uh, New Orleans, Uh, who was six months post-Katrina, and we're just looking at the, the sheer devastation and just saying, I'm not going to trust what I see with my eyes here because my eyes are telling me not to come here. (laughs) And yet my heart, my soul, the Lord is telling me that this is our calling. Uh, It's not about just coming to play football and be a part of the resurgence of a, a football team or an organization, but it's about the resurrection and rebirth of a city, and we can be a part of that. we score, the Colts are driving, we get the interception, we go score, now we're up 14 with three minutes left and yet you're still thinking, I know Peyton Manning, I know this this team. In your mind, you're going through all these scenarios of what you're gonna have to do still and then we get the ball back um, to basically take a knee to win the game and it wasn't until that moment that, all right, we are world champions. we as, as people, do we want to see and touch and feel in order for it to be real for us and yet, Second Corinthians 5 7, I'll tell you, you'll be led by faith and not by sight. You know, so much of life is that. It's, it's faith in God knowing that He's got a plan and at times you don't understand it and you're not going to see it um, and yet you just have to trust and you have to have faith.
0: Walking by faith It's easier said than done. But maybe God's calling you to something that's bigger than you. That has tons of risk and uncertainty. And maybe your heart's just pounding inside right now. Because you know God is asking you to put fear aside and take the next step. And maybe for you, it all comes down to this.
1: I know Jesus to be um, personally my best friend, my father. Um, my provider, just pretty much everything I need. Just teaching me, walking me through how to trust Him. I get down on my knees every every night and just thank Him for this opportunity because it's a blessing. The, the main thing that he showed me so far throughout my life is just to come to Him when I'm at my lowest moments. Never forget Him and never lose sight of Him. Jesus Christ has always been you know, the center of my foundation of who I am. And so you give everything to him and you, and you trust in him knowing that, you know, he's a, a higher power. He can be a friend when you need a friend. He can be your father, he can be your mother, whatever you, whatever you lack, he can
0: be that supplement to your life. The biggest thing that he's kind of uh, working so on here, me is that uh, my identity is not in football. My identity is in God, and I I get to enjoy that sort of an identity as uh, a child of
1: God through the relationships with my teammates. Through it all, you know, I never lost faith, I never lost sight of what was important in life, and that's to continue to always follow Christ and um,
2: keep Christ as the head of my household. God has been, you know, blessed me everywhere now, you know, it's just not just at home, it's on the field. God has been amazing, and just blessed me.
1: He has a plan. You know, and you gotta trust. Uh, you gotta trust in His plan. I don't always understand His plan. You know, sometimes I, I, I'd like to, and I'd like to try to figure out where I'm going and what I'm doing. But again, He has the master plan, and you kind of gotta have uh, faith.
2: Many of you know Trent Dilfer as a Super Bowl winning quarterback with the Baltimore Ravens and now football analyst with ESPN, but you don't know him as a dad and a husband. I want to introduce to you my friend Trent Dilfer. This is his story. In
0: 2003, My son, Treven, was five and a half at the time. We were at Disneyland for a family vacation. And uh, we went down to Disneyland, doing the Disneyland thing, and he gets a cold. You have four kids, kids get sick, it's never fun, but you kind of develop a rhythm for when they're gonna bounce back. And uh, he wasn't bouncing back. Uh, Even on the ride home, you know, we couldn't cheer him up. He got real listless, real, like, had no energy, and his skin color was different, so we'd take him to the emergency room, and. They weren't real worried. They did some blood work and they, they gave him a bunch of fluids and you they said he was dehydrated. And, and maybe they were going to look at him overnight because there were some possible signs in the blood work of some hepatitis possibilities. And But it was like one of those, okay, everything's fine. I mean, nobody was panicked, so I was to go home and, uh, and be with the other three girls. It's not, I mean, I'm not home for five minutes, I get this call. That, hey, uh, on the way to the hospital, your son's heart stopped. I run in, and, and the, the first thing I remember seeing is a team of doctors um, all hovering over my son, and you know, trying to resuscitate him. Shortly thereafter, Doctor Rushsell said, "Oh, great news! We had one nurse that was able to keep his heart pumping enough for us to put this ECMO unit on him." which is a heart-lung bypass machine. Over the next, I want to say, six to eight hours, it became, but he can't stay on this unit here. He has to be transported. All the medical transport units for this machine are in Iraq, because we just started the war. He can go to Stanford, he can go to University of Michigan, but we can't get him to either. My great friend drove us in the suburban behind the ambulance, and it was the worst two and a half hour drive in the history of the world. Because every bump he went over, we weren't sure if he made it. And now he's in ICU. He's on this heart lung bypass machine. Uh, we set up what they called Camp Treven. Uh, at Lucille Packard and with so many people that just loved us. They basically just stopped their lives. I mean, that's where I So many people laid down their lives, um, in a sense, to love on us and to care for us in this time. And and, uh, he was on this machine for 40 days at Stanford. is when we found out that we had to take off life support. We were staying in this little back room, these cots at Lucille Packard. We went back there, we prayed together, and she goes, can you leave me alone for a little bit? And I said, sure, and I walked out. I've never heard a, a, a scream of more pain than I heard from her. It was like through two walls into another room, and she was crying out to God. I was so amazed that she had the maturity to be willing to scream out to God. Terrific, and I, I'm not here to say it's not, but What's equally awesome is that we have a God that um, volunteered that for his son on our behalf. I mean, people say, why would you believe in this Jesus? Like, come on. And, and I, the cynics, and I, I get it. And I simply say, you have no I've experienced a peace during the greatest time of loss any parent could ever have that is so real. I mean, truly, I feel like it washes over me at times.
2: Losing your child is probably the most horrible feeling for a parent. Because the very reason we have children, having three myself, is to love them, care for them, and walk with them through the ups and downs. For the same reason, the most loving parent there ever was, God the Father, created you and me so He could, in the context of a relationship, love us, care for us, and walk with us through our ups and downs. God wants to have a spiritual relationship with you through which He can talk to you, encourage you, guide you, and love you. The problem is our sin, our desire to do what we want, pushes God away and destroys that relationship. Unless our sin is removed, we cannot have the relationship that we were intended to have with our Heavenly Father. Because sin is a spiritual offense against God, it carries with it a spiritual penalty of death. Unfortunately, our sin can only be removed if someone pays for it with their life. So for God the Father, it all came down to whether He would leave us trapped in our sin with no hope of being forgiven and no hope of having a relationship with Him. Or as Trent said, volunteer his son to die on our behalf, and that's exactly what he did. Jesus, the Son of God, died on the cross to pay for our sins, giving us an opportunity to have a relationship with the Father, a relationship for which we were created in the first place. In other words, God the Father opened the door of opportunity for you and me by sacrificing his own Son, giving us a chance to be forgiven and enter into an internal relationship Therefore, for you, it all comes down to A, B, C. A, admit that you're a sinner and that the penalty of your sin is death. B, believe that Jesus is Lord who died and rose from the dead for your sin. And C, confess and repent your sin by asking Jesus to forgive and receive you as his child. There are some of you watching this video and simultaneously hearing a voice in your heart saying, this is for you. This is what you've been searching for all your life. Let me tell you, that's God calling you and letting you know that He loves you and wants to forgive you. In a few seconds, I'm going to lead you in a prayer to ask Jesus to forgive you and grant you eternal life. There may also be some of you who have already accepted Christ as your Savior, but you have walked away from Him, and you need to recommit your life to Christ. I want to encourage you to pray the same prayer as an act of recommitment. Remember, this is not a magical prayer. You are simply telling God that you understand the parameters of your relationship with Him. The prayer is our way of saying yes to God. So close your eyes and repeat this prayer with me in your heart. Dear God, I admit that I'm a sinner and that the penalty of my sin is death. I believe that Jesus Christ is Lord, that He died and rose from the dead for my sin. I confess Jesus as my Savior Savior. I repent of my sin. Please forgive me. I surrender my life to you. And I pray this in Jesus' name, amen.
0: So if you just prayed that prayer, let me be the first to say congratulations. It really is the most significant thing you'll ever do in your life. Would you make sure you tell the person that brought you to church today? Or find a pastor and tell them. It's been cool hanging with you today. We really hope you've been encouraged by the stories you've heard. So may God bless you and keep you. May his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. Enjoy the rest of your day. It's Super Bowl Sunday, and it all comes down to this.